Jay Delsing spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go On the Range with Jay Delsing. On the Range is brought to you by the Gateway Section of the PGA. Hey, good morning. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearly, you're here. Where the hell are you this morning? Hey, it doesn't really matter. I'm just ready. I got my Michelob in one hand, my walleye fishing pole in the other hand, and my microphone in another hand. I am ready for the show, baby. I mean, how many hands is that? That's a lot. That's too many. At least it? he's got the Michelob Ultra, amb- though. That's ambidextrous. Ambidextrous. I'm ready to go. Let's keep going here. Let's not tell him. Okay. All right, cool. Well, we format a show like a round of golf. The first uh, segment is called the On the Range segment. It's brought to you by Vehicle Assurance. 866-341-9255. If you need a new warranty, if your warranty's gone, if you need some additional coverage for your vehicle, whatever you need, you can call them now. Um, Pearl, quick update on social media. Go. Uh, it's going very well. Go. All right, cool. Way to go, Pearl. I uh, also want to thank Bob and Kathy Donahue at Donahue Painting and Refinishing, 314-805-2132. Um, if you need a little bit of refreshing on the inside or the outside of your home, call Bob and Kathy. Great people. They do better work. Uh, they, are, they are wonderful, and I appreciate their support on the show. All right, John. Got to sit down this week with John Smoltz, MLB Hall of Famer from the class of 2015. He's won a Cy Young Award winner. He's, he is a Cy Young Award winner, a World Series champion, and now he's playing on the, the PGA Tour champions, trying to uh, see if he can uh, kind of make the crossover. So it was really a cool conversation. Really appreciate his honesty, his candor. I, I think people are going to like it. I certainly liked it. I think it was one of your best, and I think he's got his biggest challenge he's ever had in front of him with his uh, playing professional golf, but uh, we get to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, I've got to want to talk just a little bit about this association that we have with the Gateway Section. Um, really appreciate them supporting the show. Jen, I sit there and think about my early days when I my dad would drop me off. So intimidating. I'm 12 or 13 years old. He dropped me off at a course. I, I don't know anybody there, and I'm going to start caddying. And I don't know how to caddy. I barely know how to play. And um, it was, you know... Typical of the way Jimmy Delsing ran things. He just kind of dropped you off in the deep end and, you, you know, you start paddling somewhere. But, John, every single step of the way, the head pro, especially back in that time, was a massive figurehead in my world. And I can remember Eddie Griffiths was the, the first head pro at Norwood when I started getting there. And he was just this larger-than-life character. I, he tried to play the tour. He was an official on the on – the, uh, the very beginning time of the, um, see, it was called the Seniors Tour back then. But what sort of experience did you have with PG, the PGA of America guys uh, and gals that were running clubs and, and doing things uh, when you were a little guy? Well, actually, uh, it, I started up in Winnipeg, Jay, so it was the Canadian PGA. And I had the same similar experience that you did. Uh, they're just so key to make you feel welcome, help you along with the game. I mean, it's absolutely their job. Uh, I've actually helped hire a head pro or two from different clubs I've been involved with. And, you know, one of the things we always looked for was who can build a junior program the best, because that's the future of the club. That's the future of the game. So uh, fortunately you and I have had similar uh, experiences. At some point I'll tell you what is one of the experiences I ran up against a pretty tough uh, PGA tour pro at a, at a course. That not not PGA in. tour pro PGA of America pro. I'm close. Was that close? Okay, I was going yeah. to I want to give these you. men and women their due. So yeah, you're right. You're right. So I, I, this was a tough guy. He used to play the uh, the tour once upon a time. Bob Gata was his name, and he was tough on the juniors too because he really made sure we followed etiquette, kept our clubs clean, kept our clubs in order, and that was a tall task for me back then. And you didn't like being told what to do too much, did you? Yeah, neither one of us are too good at that. Oh, don't go throwing me under the bus. This was your story, man. I'm not throwing you under the bus. I'm just dragging you under there with me. Oh, right, right. So, um, yeah, so I'm really excited about them, and I and I can't wait to start talking to the, the peeps about some of the different men and women that are doing neat things to grow the game around uh, the, the, the greater Midwest area. 
Um, our buddy Trevor Dodds and Garth Byer have this tournament that they're uh, supporting an international team event. I don't know that much about it, but they've been running it over in Europe and over in South Africa. And I do know that the, the, if you qualify, there's an all-expenses-paid trip to Portugal. So go to ipgolfusa.com to learn more. We'll be talking a little bit more about this in the weeks to come. Um, Pearl, that is going to wrap up the On the Range segment. We're going to talk a little bit about John Rahm and this whole COVID and being DQ'd six-stroke lead. But um, uh, we got to end the On the Range segment. Let me talk real briefly about our Tip of the Cap segment. Our Tip of the Cap segment today is brought to you by... Dean Team of Kirkwood, 314-966-0303. And the tip of the cap is appropriately the PGA professional. The men and women that run your club, that run your local driving range, the teaching facility. These guys work long, hard hours and are tireless uh, soldiers to try to make our golf experience better. So thank you all. And our tip of the cap is brought to you by the Dean Team of Kirkwood. Colin and Brandy are great over there. They hook Pearlie up with a car, 314-966-0303. This is going to wrap up the on-range segment. Don't go anywhere. The front nine's on its way. Golf with Jay Delsing. Hello, friends. This is Jim Nance, and you are listening to Golf with my friend Jay Delsing. Did you know that the Gateway section of the PGA is comprised of over 335 members and over 200 facilities? I didn't either. Every time you drive up to your local country club, public facility, or driving range, there's an excellent chance that it is run and operated by one of the many members of our section. Since the time I was first introduced to the game, a PGA of America professional was there giving lessons, running the golf shop, and growing the game. The many men and women of the Gateway PGA section spend countless hours behind the scenes doing hundreds of little things to make our golf experience enjoyable. PGA Reach, Drive, Chip, and Putt, PGA Junior League, Rankin-Jordan Golf Program. Those are just a couple of the many programs run and supported by our section. To learn more or to find out how you can get involved, go to gatewaypga.org, the Gateway PGA, growing the game we love. Are you looking for a great career? Do you like meeting nice people, working with your hands, and fixing things inside the home? Marcon Appliance Parts Company would like to encourage you to consider a high-paying career in major appliances repair and service. Major appliance service technicians are in very high demand. Major appliance techs work regular hours and make excellent money. They work local, in their own communities, and are home every night. It is an incredibly stable industry and highly rewarding work. Discover more about your new career in major appliance services today by contacting a local appliance service company in your hometown. In southern Illinois, contact Jeff Klein at Mount Vernon TV and Appliance Center. The phone number is 618-242-1579. Marcon Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and proud distributor of General Electric Parts. I am delighted to welcome Marie Davila to the Golf with Jay Delsing show. I'm sure you know where it is, but in case you don't, Marie Davila is a landmark out in West St. Louis County. It's located on the corner of Clayton and Weidman Roads. It's also on 21 beautiful rolling acres right on the way out to Queenie Park. It's a country club-like atmosphere. It's iconic, and it's absolutely gorgeous. When my dad died and my mom decided she didn't want to live alone, Marie Davila was the first place we called. When we pulled up, we were greeted at the front door by the owner, and he took us around on a tour of the facility. We learned that there are one, two, and three-bedroom villas that you can live in, and there's also 24-hour care in the East, West, and the Waterford buildings. So Marie Davila had everything that my mom wanted. One of the things that stood out in my mind as well was the way the family-owned business treats their guests. That's right. They refer to them as guests, but they treat them like family. So if you're in the process of trying to make a tough decision for this next part of life, you got to visit Marie de Villa. This is local. This is family. And this is St. Louis. This is Marie de Villa. Come be our guest. When things come out of left field... Having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 90 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. Talk to Farmers Agent Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101 to see how they can help you stay in the game. 
That's Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. After my knee replacement, I was able to swing the golf club again without any pain. SSM Health Physical Therapy guided me through the rehab process. When I was ready, one of their specially trained KVS certified physical therapists put me on the 3D motion capture system. It was awesome. They evaluated my posture, alignment, and the efficiency of my swing. They gave me golf-specific exercises to help my swing become more efficient and repeatable. Call them at 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Front Nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Hey, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me. Brad Barnes has taken good care of us here at the ESPN Studios. And we're headed to the Front Nine that's brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Pearly, I am hammering this ball right now. I am practicing every day. The heat is on. Uh, the heat is here, and I love it. My body is feeling about like a quarter and uh it's uh, uh but i can't wait uh september 6th through 12th at norwood hills maybe next week i think we can get steve spratt and alonzo on and talk a little bit about how well the um so the uh community has supported us but um anyway i can't wait for this let, let, let me quit jabbering here and let's get straight into the john smoltz interview mlb 2000 uh, class of 2015 Hall of Famer, World Series champion, Cy Young Award winner, Fox um, analyst for MLB, and now Champions Tour player. Let's go to John Smoltz. On the mound, four and zero in the postseason in 1996, nine and one in 17 postseason starts. It's John Smoltz. John Smoltz is brought to you by Golden Tee. What a career he had. 22 years in the bigs. Um, eight-time All-Star World Series champ. Cy Young uh, Award. I mean, the list goes on and on going from starting pitcher. What, I think one of two players that ever played in the game to have 200 wins and 200 saves. You and Dennis Eckersley, Hall of Fame 2015. Man, John, tell us a little bit just about your, your, your life in sports, and then we'll kind of transition into golf. Yeah, it's kind of a, a weird beginning as a kid. I grew up in a music's a musician's home. Um, both my parents were accordion players and accordion teachers, so that's where I was going to follow the footsteps. That's what I started doing when I was four through seven. So it was kind of an interesting dynamic. I learned a lot of practice, discipline. Um, fell in love with sports when I watched it on TV. Again, my parents didn't know anything about it, um, and I just asked them if I could start playing baseball. It intrigued me. Everything I'd done, I kind of self-taught because I didn't really have the backing or the background of knowledge. So, you know, I'd go out in the front yard and rub a ball, throw against a brick wall, basketball, start shooting, football, just throw it. And, um, you know, they let me put down the accordion at the age of seven. Um, I'm sure they thought it would just be a trial run. They didn't know if I'd be any good. And they gave me an opportunity to play baseball, and it kind of just took off from there. They they took me to all the different venues, and um, I think I learned a lot from just the discipline and practice that I had to do at a young age because, I mean, at four, I don't remember a lot, but they told me all the things that I did and had to do, and it was amazing uh, journey from that point on. I never had to uh, go back to music, um, even though that's what my parents knew and loved. And you know, and, and it, it was the ultimate uh, lesson of, of of letting your kids pursue their passions. And I was fortunate to have two parents that let me do that. It's pretty cool, John, to learn discipline when you didn't even know you were learning discipline, isn't it? Because when, as a dad myself, you try to throw these lessons at your kids and you never know if they're going to stick. But what happened with you, it was kind of just part of the program. Yeah, well, 
was. I mean, to play an instrument that not a lot of people play anymore. I mean, it took a lot of time and practice and, and discipline to learn the notes and learn the music and, and go in every single day. It was a long time. And, and I think I, I didn't resent it as much as I really wanted to do something else and, and play baseball and sports seemed to be right, right up that, that time frame of seven years old. So I just kind of carried the same kind of work ethic towards that. And the, the, the other good thing is my parents didn't teach me. But they knew what they knew, but they didn't teach me the accordion. They let somebody else teach me, which is another good lesson of, of you know, parenthood where you can get caught up in what you know and try to pass it on to your kids. So I, I kind of self-taught myself everything that I've ever done, including golf. Um, you know, and I think that through the trial and error and just getting after it, um, you know, it worked out very well for me. Uh, but I can't say that... I don't know if I look back had I been not gone through what I did, you know, had it worked out the way it did. You know, John, I look back at those teams that you guys had down in Atlanta. You guys were absolutely loaded, the pitching staff with you and, and Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin and, and a lot of others. Um, and Bobby Cox is your manager. You guys were a, a staple in the playoffs for, I don't know, almost a decade in Atlanta. You know, it didn't always start out that way. Uh, I got traded, of course, from, from Detroit to Atlanta. Bobby Cox was a general manager. He was trying to rebuild the farm system, and what he did was stockpile a lot of young pitchers. And he had the, the foresight back then to do it. The Braves were, you know, the worst team in baseball. And Tom Glavins, uh, Steve Avery's, the, the Kent Merkers, the, the homegrown uh, pitching that they established along with some key moves enabled the club to rebuild and, and sustain success for 14 straight years in the postseason. And I was certainly glad to be part of it. Tom Lavin was part of it. And we brought over Maddox. Like I said, Steve Avery was homegrown. Kent Merkel was homegrown. Pete Smith. A lot of young players that um, were part of the organization that you could never foresee that kind of success or sustained success. But man, was it lean times there for the Atlanta Braves for a long time. And it, in 89, when I was there, we lost 100 games. Uh, 1990, we started to show some sort of turning it around, but, you know, close to we lost 90-some games. In 91, we shocked everybody and really turned into a, a miracle-type season that turned into an incredible run. And um, you could see it coming with the young players that were being developed in the big leagues um, and just the learning by uh, tough lessons and learning by failure and getting the opportunity to just go out there every start regardless of what happened and learn. And, and that's the era, thankfully, that we were able to pitch in and learn because I don't think that would have happened in today's game. It doesn't happen in today's game. So I was very fortunate to be, A, under a general manager that turned my manager, Bobby Cox, and instilled the confidence in us and let us do our thing and saw what we were capable of doing. And then the run just ensued. You know, John, it's really difficult when you take these massive, almost dreamlike steps and go from high school to the big leagues, to, to major league baseball, professional baseball, and then to the big leagues. But one of the things I, I get a kick out of, and not a happy kick, but I listen to people when they talk sports radio and say, you know, these guys are uh, used to losing. And, and I'm like, none of us that ever played lost much when we were younger you know we were usually the best players on teams and our teams were usually pretty damn good losing sucks and and talk a little bit about the difficulty of experiencing that you get pretty negative, right? And I think uh, joining the club, I was excited with the opportunity because they needed pitching. Um, and when you make your big league debut, you feel like you're on an island by yourself. Even though the team's not very good, you're just elated to be part of it. And then you realize as collective group, you know, what is it going to take to win and how are we going to get to that point? Never dreamt it would happen based on the current environment. So you get pretty negative and you have to find a way to get outside of that negative environment. And you start bringing in some leaders like we did, Terry Pendleton, Sid Bream, Raphael Belliard. These were guys that won in other organizations. Terry Pendleton, of course, with the Cardinals. And they start teaching you things and you start learning the ways to be successful and to be a champion. And, and then all of a sudden you start gaining confidence and you don't think so negatively. But in an individual basis, there's a lot to be learned and you try to figure out what you need to do to get to the next level and after every season I would have like this 
self analysis of what I needed to do to to be better the following year and went to work right away. And I think that that kind of pursuit of trying to be great um, propelled me to not only 22 years, but year to year to try to find a way to be a little bit better. And I learned along the way to enjoy the ride a little better, but I whipped myself pretty hard early to try to to try to navigate this, you know, unknown career to, to, to try to become the pitcher you always want to be. See, my expectations were greater than anybody else's and boy, did they have a lot of expectations put on me. And so what I learned to match, um, you know, the work ethic with the desire to be great and not be afraid to fail. And that's the biggest key component in anything that we did. And individually, not everybody can accept the, the, the fear of failure and that it really kind of suffocates them from being better than they can be. And I, I just never, I never gave into that. And I never uh, let fear, fear of failure um, kind of mo- master me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It shows what the unbelievable achievements, you know, John, when you talk about prep and I, I talked to guys, I said, gosh, I get to interview Smolty on this, on the show. And they said, man, he took such great care of his body. And that was obvious to the shape you were in, but there's a hell of a lot more mental prep that goes into baseball than I, I think, a hundred ninety percent of the fans have any idea about because it's a long season and you know there's a lot of things that can take your attention away from the details you need to do to be disciplined back to the word discipline you know you think about it you pitch once every five days those four days in between are just as important those four days in between can get you distracted and you know away from the, the routine if you don't find one and you know, I think for me, um, I, I say this 100% with accuracy, and Maddox and Glavin says the same thing. We developed a friendship not only on and off the field, but with golf. And golf kept us fresh. It, it allowed us to take our mind away from a game that's ever-consuming. And once every five days, if you do your job, it's the best job in the world. But if you don't, it like, seems like forever to get back out of the mound to, to kind of, you know, take up for what you weren't able to do or make up for what you weren't able to do. So... I loved the structure of starting pitching, and I loved the fact that I knew what I got to do each and every day, and it was just a creating a, a, a discipline to do it. And so we played a lot of golf, and uh, it kept our minds fresh. But when you talk about preparing for a game, you can over-prepare, and you can consume and kind of consume so much that your brain is overloaded. I think individually you have to know what you what your intake is, what you can what you can handle, and what you don't. And I liken it to this. You know, it's kind of a corny illustration, but if there's two people putting a four footer, and one takes 35 seconds and the other takes three minutes, and the guy who misses both misses, they're going to accuse the guy of 35 seconds not concentrating. Well, that's not necessarily true. The process by which each guy goes about is important enough to what makes them give them the best chance to make the putt. And it's the same thing with pitching. You know, if you if you work fast and you know your routine and you know how to, there's things that get you out of your routine. You just have to find a way to to adjust. And and I was kind of that guy. You know, I was not fly by the seat of my pants, but I let it all hang out when I was out there with my effort and emotion, and, and it worked for me. But I wasn't a guy that could sit the night before and go through the game and overthink it. I didn't think about pitching until I actually went out to the mound. I, I was prepared. I, I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't. I didn't consume it. Like I didn't. I didn't want to think about it all day. And I. The only thing I would tell my family is on the day that I pitch, just don't ask me a lot of questions. <laughs> and the reason I, I said that is because I'm trying to make 115 to 120 decisions. And I want to focus on those decisions that day. You can ask me all the questions you want in between, but I didn't want to get bogged down with a lot of things on game day that could take away from the decisions I had to make because those were the decisions that we were faced with. You know, it's not just as easy to put down a finger that a catcher put down and you just go, okay. We took, you know, we took control over our career, our careers, and on the mound, we, we kind of called our own game. Yeah, John, it's so interesting to watch what some of the players do. You know, Bob Gibson's legendary stories. I think Chris Carpenter has the same kind of lure here in St. Louis that on game day when they were pitching, everybody just steer clear. You know, and so I think there. I think what's interesting, at least for how we're going to tie this into golf, is to get into a routine that works for you. And it's, it's kind of a trial and error basis, especially when you're young. It sure 
is. And for a guy who didn't pick up golf till about 21 years old, like I did, I still haven't found that routine. I'll tell you what my routine is. Get in the car, play as fast as I can, and play as much as I can. That is fun to me. So learning how to play slower and in tournaments is something that is out of my element a little bit, mainly because the physical component of where I am and in between the 10 and 15 minute waits just doesn't work well right now. I'm learning how to slow that down as a pitcher. The worst thing I could do is wait. You know, the good thing about pitching is you dictate the tempo. Um, you know, some pitchers work really well fast and the team plays well behind them. And some guys are methodical and they're slow. And it, and it's and sometimes the team suffers because the, the infielders are on their heels waiting all the time. Well, in golf, golf is so unique is that you're at the mercy of the pace of what's going on and to each their own and how they go about it. Um, I'm still trying to learn that a little bit. I'm a rhythm player. I, I like to keep going. Um, and, and in golf, there's too much time to think. Uh, and that would be the equivalent of being on the mound and the bases are loaded and you had two, three, four minutes in between pitches and all you can think about is things that you don't, you know, if they're not positive, nothing good happens. And the beauty of pitching is you don't have, you don't get two, three, four minutes in between pitches. And uh, if that was the case, you'd never hear my name. So you get used to a different rhythm in, in baseball. And in and, and golf, I'm still trying to find that that balance of how to slow things down, how to stay in rhythm when you're not really, you know, whatever the time frame is between shots, especially tee shots. And and I'm and I'm getting closer, uh, but but that is a really big difference between the two sports I play. Oh my gosh, John! And I grew up with all these guys you're playing with now. And if they know, you know, coming down the last hole, and they want to beat you, and they do want to beat you, and they know that if slowing down, you know, ten extra seconds is going to upset you, <laughs> it's coming. You know what I mean? That's just oh, yeah. the competitive nature of of what we do. Yeah, I played a lot of uh, celebrity. You know, Tahoe is, is is one of our, you know, my favorite events, especially for the years that I was able, I've been able to play it, and and that that really is probably the slowest event you know I've ever played in, and that's where it just it's interesting because physically I'm dealing with some things that baseball have not has not uh, been very kind to me with with two new hips soon to come, and some shoulders that. Um, have had their share of, of, of surgery, so the, the the way to keep myself loose is not as convenient when you're on your feet all the time and, and you're walking. Um, so I'm 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 learning that, and, and like everything else I've done, uh, I, I believe I'll learn it, um, and I believe I'll make the necessary adjustments if given the opportunities. And that's the key is is there's there's situations that can cause people to recluse or come, you know, get away from what they're doing because it's a bad situation or um, a hard lesson to learn. And it, 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 it frustrates me, but it digs deeper to try and figure out how to avoid that or adjust from that the next time. And um, Golf certainly is a humiliating sport because there's no way you won't be humiliated at some point um, with the, the way golf is played. You know, no one's mastered it. And Everyone's got some sort of weakness, even though the guys I'm playing with right now don't seem to show much of it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the beauty of the mental toughness that you have to have to play the game of golf that I never thought equated to the other sports. And, and boy, was I wrong. Man, I, I just love some of his candor and his approach. Um, that's going to wrap up the first half of the, the Smoltz interview, but uh, don't go anywhere. We'll continue uh, the rest of that interview on the back nine. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. If you have a car and you're struggling to get some protection for that car, let me recommend Vehicle Assurance. 1-866-341-9255 is their number. They have been in business for over 10 years and have a 30-day money-back guarantee, which is one of the reasons why they have over 1 million satisfied customers. They are known for their painless claims process, and their premium vehicle protection. So whatever that car looks like, they can help you. You can find them at VehicleAssurance.com or call them again at 866-341-9255 for a free quote. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. 
Don't miss the hottest rookie class in PGA Tour Champions history. Stars like Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, and more compete at Norwood Hills Country Club September 6th through the 12th. Join legends Jack Nicklaus, Tom Watson, and Hale Irwin to celebrate the PGA Tour Champions' newest event. Professional golf returning to St. Louis in 2021. The Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. Tickets, clubhouse passes, hospitality suites, pro-am foursomes on sale now. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com. I am with my buddy Joe Schieser from USA Mortgage. Hey, Jay, how are you? Doing great, Joe. Thanks so much for the support of the show. Ah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, congratulations. This is uh, your third year, and we're really proud to be a sponsor all three years since the very beginning. It's a great show, and we look forward to it every Sunday morning. Well, thanks a bunch. Tell us just a little bit about USA Mortgage and what you can do for people. Well, USA Mortgage is a uh, ESOP. It's an employee-owned company, so over a 1,000 families here in St. Louis work for the company. So if you want an opportunity to patronize a a local company, please call USA Mortgage 314-628-2015 and I'll be more than happy to sit down with you, go over your options, discuss all the different programs that are available and give you an opportunity to support a local company. That's awesome, Joe. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Jay. Thank you. This is Golf with Jay Delsing, and I am visiting with the director of golf at the Margaritaville Lake Resort in the Lake of the Ozarks, Paul Leahy. Paul, good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me on the uh, uh, Gateway PGA Spotlight. Tell us a little bit about the cool stuff you've got going on with the juniors and with the golf programs you've got down at Lake of the Ozarks. Absolutely. Uh We've been here about 30 years doing the uh, Lake of the Ozarks Junior Golf Association. We started very small with just with just a few kids and a few tournaments, and uh, we grew it over 25 years to have uh, seven tournaments, over 100 kids each year, and we gave away $100,000 plus worth of scholarships every year and did an in-school program uh, with them each winter to uh, – uh, to teach them in schools, in the elementary schools. And then about four years ago, uh, Scott Hobus and the Missouri Golf Association approached us, and they wanted to know if we wanted to kind of emerge our our uh, efforts. And uh, so we did. And it's it's our, our tournament program is now called the Missouri Junior Tour. I've uh, been involved in with it for about four years now. Uh, and they've, they've, they've taken the program and just kind of put fire to it. It's uh, – They've been, um, improved it from a seven-tournament series to about a 14-tournament series. They've got, you know, paid people that are they're doing the program. Um, and they, we go all over mid-Missouri, and we sell out almost every week. The first tournament was actually uh, uh, today, and uh, we had an Eldon Golf Club, and I believe they sold out at about 120 kids. And it's just a phenomenal program for the kids in mid-Missouri to, to get, get their feet wet in golf and then uh, – uh, from the Lake of the Ozarks Junior Golf Association, we're still doing our scholarship program. We gave away uh, eight scholarships this year, totaling over six thousand uh, dollars. We still did our in-school program, even with the COVID restrictions this uh, this winter. So we, we, it was it was a great time, and we're continuing to to grow the grain down here. Paul, congratulations! Give us a number where we can some of our folks can reach out if they want to get involved. Uh, the best number is probably just to call me at the at the Margaritaville uh, Lake Resort at five seven three three four eight. Eight five two two. You've seen it and played it in bars over the past 30 years, and now you can bring Golden Tea to your home. Complete your basement or man cave with the popular arcade game, The Ultimate Virtual Golfing Experience. Over 80 courses, unique game modes, and you can even challenge a buddy in online tournaments. However you play, you will be the talk of your neighborhood. Visit home.goldentea.com to learn more. I want to tell you about Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. My friend Colin Burnt runs the store over there, and he helped me buy a used Volkswagen for my daughter, Joe when she turned 16. We've had the car for over a year. It's running great. It's nice and safe, and we've taken it there to get it serviced just recently. Pearly, that does the show with me, just bought a nice Toyota truck from Colin. So I want you to know that if there's any sort of vehicle you need, anything at all, you can get it at the Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. You can call them at 314-966-0303 or visit them at DeanTeamVWKirkwood.com. We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Back Nine is brought to you by Fogelbach Agency with Farmers Insurance. 
And we are back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me somewhere up in the northern part of Wisconsin. And uh, we're headed to the back nine. The back nine is brought to you by the Fogelbach Agency with Farmers. 314-398-0101. If you need any type of insurance product for your family, for your business, I'm working on a couple things with Ed right now for a business. And uh, he is a terrific guy. He's got his family there. So give them a call and he'll help you out. All right, let's just jump right back into the second half of the interview with John Smoltz. History for John Smoltz in Atlanta, number 200 against the Mets. The circle is complete. Maybe the greatest trio of pitchers in the history of the game to work for one organization, Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz. All three of them with their 200th career win on the turf at Turner Field. A standing ovation for John Smoltz as his spot in Cooperstown cemented. John Smoltz is brought to you by Golden Tee. You know, John, it's it's so interesting because I've had so many ex-athletes uh, uh, on the show, and they all love the game. You know, it's definitely something that that um, they can transition from their sport uh, onto the golf course. But they all say to the man just what you said. They had no idea what it took to try to keep getting better and you're trying to play you know hell you're a hall of fame uh, mlb player with 22 years of experience and now you're going out trying to play with the best you know champions tour players in the world that's some that's some heady competition and, and, and the one thing mentally you know you're at a disadvantage you know when a pitcher stands on the mound and a hitter stands in the box someone's got an advantage and the key is not not exposing who that is right and you, you don't want the hitter to know that he's got the advantage and vice versa and so that little cat and mouse game that goes on between the hitter and the pitcher has always existed and the ones who can master that fake it are the ones that usually get ahead and, 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 and are fine well when you step on a golf course in a group you know if, where you rank in that group and in the field and so the intimidation factor or the mental um component it's it does affect you when you realize it's just a golf ball a golf club and a hole right you just you're playing against mother nature and a golf course not so much against the other players but you can't help but feel like you're playing against the other players and what i found in golf so far that i'm trying to find a different approach to is I get to a point where I start protecting. And, you know, there are weaknesses in my game. I don't get a chance to practice and play in as many that I would like to. But these teach, these are like self-teachers to me. And I find myself, you know, getting three under in a tournament and just going, okay, well, how do I protect that? Instead of how do I increase that? How do I continue to be freed up in in the game? So those things are getting better for me. Uh, but the reality of, of going back home and playing with the guys that I play with, I know I'm the best in the group. And it's a total different play golf that I play there than when you're playing in an area where you know you're not even close to the best and you're trying to compete and climb the ladder of that leaderboard. So there's definitely some things I'm learning and trying to free up um, that I know I can play and I know I'm capable of hitting every shot there is. It's just whether or not it's under the gun. That's the key. And I had a couple, you know, I've, I've known these guys for a long time and they all have been very kind to me and these opportunities and the champions tour. And the, the, uh, I can't, I mean, I can't say enough how, how thrilled I am to have some sponsor exemptions, but they've all told me that if I get out there more and get in more tournaments, there's no doubt I can play and that's refreshing. But, I have a balanced, I have to try to figure out how to balance a schedule that is crazy right now. And that in the future, we'll see. But the one thing that stuck with me after the last one I played in is um, one of the guys said, look, whatever the shot calls for, we hit it and we hit it aggressively. That's that's really what you need to learn. You're trying to do things that are not, it just doesn't call for. And you find yourself getting in a little bit of trouble because of it. And he's so right that you know i know what the shot calls for now i just have to be um i have to be disciplined to be to execute it to be to be on point well you know it's interesting john about the the concentration that you're you're talking about for us is an in and out sort of thing i'm in for 30 seconds now i'm out for two or three or four or eight minutes or 12 minutes and then i'm back in and then there's also i've watched so many players not necessarily do everything 
well or great, but what they did was so proficient that when they needed it, they had it. And what I mean by that is maybe they didn't hit a bunch of really nice draws and were coming down to this hole with the flagstick cut left, but they knew they could start the ball in the middle of the green and hit it in the middle of the green and putt that 20-footer instead of putting it in the water or something like that, and that's a big deal. Is and there's the other big deal for people who sit at home and say they can do X Y Z, but they can't. And that's why I'm a living example of some of it. But they think coming down the stretch, they don't understand what it takes to win or what it takes to execute those shots. And those self nerves and that pressure that's within starts eking out. And you only you can only learn from having gone through it. And they know where to miss. Most of the guys in the entire tour know exactly where to miss. And and the, the, the mistakes that, that amateur players make are mistakes of, of just being unfamiliar with the situation. So I used to think, how in the world could a guy trying to hit a shot that he's hit a million times have a hard time doing that, trying to win a tournament or coming down the stretch? Well, your body is gets into an unnatural situation because you think about things that you normally wouldn't. And I'll give you a perfect example. I thought I could transcend all what I learned on the mound, all the mental toughness, all the big games that I pitched, none of which I was nervous, none of which I felt out-of-body experience, and I thought easily I could translate that to golf when the pressure was on and the tension was the greatest. Well, there's a little bit of difference. You know, I release a ball without tension, but then I'm not in control of what happens to that ball, meaning I have teammates that bail me out. In a golf shot, that tension, if you get any tension, it creates some, you know, unneeded movement, and you're then at the mercy of your swing or mechanics. And so when, when qualifying for the U.S. Um, Senior Open, I, um, I found myself in a position unlike anything other in, in my life. I had I teed off in the, early in the morning, and I, I, I birdied 15, 16, 17, and missed an 8-footer on 18 for 68 and waited 7 hours and 45 minutes to get in a three-way playoff for one spot. So now I get in that position, and I think, okay, it's not a big deal, but the big deal, 7 hours and 45 minutes of waiting, was a big deal. Well, I get to a position after the third playoff hole. It's just two of us. And my competitor hit a ball in the water off the tee, and I hit it in the bunker off the tee. It's mine to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to go to the U.S. Open. And I get to the bunker shot, and instead of thinking it through, I get in there, and all I'm thinking about is I'm going to the U.S. Open. And I was so excited but so anxious that I couldn't really hit the shot. And I pulled off a terrible shot, hit the lip, went in the bunker, so we lay the same. And my emotions went from elation to just like in the trash. And I had to kind of focus back on everything's okay. Well, long story short, I ended up two-putting and he three-putts, and I go um, – and qualify for the you know open in the Broadmoor and and I'm I'm screaming because it's the biggest accomplishment of my life, but the whole thing that led up to it I couldn't believe where my brain went and where where it went was in a place you can't let it go ever, and uh, I learned so much from that and of course competed in Broadmoor. And, that was a tough experience just based on preparation, but it taught me all I needed to know about my golf game. So I say all that by if you're sitting in your couch and sitting at home and watching these guys come down the stretch and they hit shots that you go, I could have hit that. No, you couldn't have because <laughs> you have no idea what the mental pressure that goes on until it becomes commonplace and you're used to it. John, I so appreciate your candor. I, I so appreciate that because what happens uh, to us Talk a little bit about, I guess, what happens to you from an adrenaline standpoint, because I remember, John, as a little kid going, well, my wedge goes, you know, 135 yards until I get in the rough and I got a lot of adrenaline and then all of a sudden it goes 160. And I I mean, did you experience a bunch of things like that as well? Yeah, I I basically experienced more of less freedom like when i was on the mound and the pressure got the greater i literally the game slowed down more it was unbelievably um relaxing for me uh, where a lot of players 
the game speeds up, you try harder, you throw harder, you swing harder. You know, all those things in baseball don't necessarily result in good success. You can get away with throwing a a pitch harder, but you can't get away with swinging as hard as you can or hitting the ball harder and necessarily have good results in golf. So it kind of applies where, for me, the anxiousness of a shot – the thought process is where I'm not I'm not good. I think about things I would never think about on the mound. Like I, I am a big believer and yet I fall in this trap. Don't say don't. Right. Like, when I was on the mound, you can't say don't hang the slider or a catcher can't tell me don't hang this or a coach. I don't want to hear don't because my brain doesn't hear don't. It just hears the end result, hang slider. And the same thing when I'm on the golf course, I'll tell my caddy, just give me a positive command. Don't give me a don't don't hit it left, because inevitably that's what what I find out what my brain starts thinking about. I don't think, you know, you can. It's like telling somebody if you're standing in a room and say whatever you do, do not look at the floor right now at the spider. Well, inevitably everyone's going to look down. <laughs> right. So, I think that's part of what I've been doing here in Madison lately. I've been working on every shot, having a purpose and having a shape to it and what I think would equate to a good shot. And it's changing a little bit of how I've approached rather than get up, hit the shot, and then, you know, chase the results. So I'm, I'm learning that, that part of the mental dis- mental focus that you really need, and that's the thing. Like, I've played in some events early in my career that I got sponsor exemptions to and I could not believe how much my brain drifted because how long the rounds were and I found myself in places where it just doesn't work and it now I know why some of these guys are at the level they're at because their ability for four and a half five and a half hours to stay like you said on and off but on when they're on they're locked into their routine it's incredible you know last um I think the last tournament I played in, there was a backup of two groups, I think three groups on a par five, and that was about 35 minutes before I hit another tee shot. Well, I don't have the reps and the mechanical down. down. I have too many different swings, so what swing do I go to after 35 minutes? And that's what I'm learning to try to get back to is, you know, everyone needs a go-to swing. you got to have a go-to shot. And I always thought that playing golf, you had to have every shot. And that, that's just not true. I play with too many guys who only have one shot, and they play it every time. <laughs> and, that's, and they're really good at it. John, it's amazing, but having what we call an out shot, you can't play without it. You can't, you know, having something that you can go to, you'd love to be able to hit a draw all the time. But some days you wake up and the ball won't turn right to left. You know, yeah. it just won't, I, I won't do amazed. it. I was amazed at that that thinking about watching golf as I did, you know, growing up through the game. I thought everybody had every kind of shot. You know, I never could understand why some guys couldn't play Augusta because of the shape of Augusta where some guys could play a left-to-right course or, you know, or some guys couldn't putt from West Coast to East Coast. I never understood, used to understand those components until you do it and you go, okay, I get it, Bermuda versus Bent. Poana, I can't stand Poana. I don't, I don't know how to putt on it. You know, right? Those kind of things. Certain guys grew up on the game. I grew up on that surface, and they love it. So now I understand. You know, you go into a baseball park, and everything pretty much is the same except for the hitter's eye. The mound, there's a little bit of difference. There's there's certain mounds in the field. You, you do get some, you know, favorites and not so favorites, and you know, I get that. But um, from a from a golf. Uh, shot-making standard, you realize when you play with these guys, they're really good at one thing, and they don't have to be great at everything. You know, one of the things, John, from a, that I picked up uh, that helped me get to a next level that I'd love to throw at you is that, is to disregard the results and get into the processes of my target. Meaning, like you talked about, don't. The word don't, you're absolutely right. It can't exist in a golfer's mind. The target, the shape of the shot, the feel of the shot. Like I talked to Tiger. Tiger told me you were the best athlete that's ever taken on the game that wasn't a golfer he said you hit he he said he never played with anybody better than you but I also asked him what are you thinking about coming down the stretch you've got this shot from the fairway and it's like he's thinking nothing it's like him in the target and he's swinging to a picture and he doesn't care where it goes he just knows if he focuses on the target and uses that feel 
it's going to work out. It's amazing. Having played 30-plus rounds with Tim and watching him practice and see what he did, it's just he doesn't do it any justice. And I'll tell you, that's one thing I'm trying to get away from. Like, I, I'm a I'm a scorekeeper. I know everything, every shot. I know everything. And it's, it's not good um, all the time because I start I start adding things up in my mind that I don't need to be adding up. You know, I mean, I'm three under. All right, four under. And there's no good things that happen when you start counting like that. And I think there's a... There's a beauty in being able to. Um, I mean, I need to go more in my closers role where you have bad memory and you forget what happened the day before. Um, one shot does lead into the next for me too many times, and I tell you where it's where it's gotten me is because I'm not at that level yet of of being able to lead into a tournament with the time you need to be you know prepared. Is one bad shot that I that I don't expect. I'm having a hard time figuring out why that happened, you know, and it, and it bleeds into a few more. So I'm, I'm, the more I get a chance to be under the gun, the better that, that, that feeling will be. But it goes down to, you know, trust. And look, I, I'm, I, I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not. I, I realize my place here, even with the sponsor exemption. Uh, I'm not trying to play full time. I never have, and I never will because of the way my life has been structured. So, when opportunities come about in the middle of a baseball season, and I got to say Fox and MLB Network have been awesome and they're allowing me to have special opportunities like this one. I got out of my game to play in this tournament because the opportunity was there in Madison. I literally try to swoop in and pretend like I have been locked in in golf when I've just not been able to play much. And so it's a frustrating feeling, but it's enticing to think, all right, what can I do given the circumstances of the last month? Um, how do I fake it? How do I go out there and pretend I got everything under control? Well, the beauty of golf and the ugliness of golf is it will show itself and it will expose you if you're not at that level. So I'm getting closer and, um, you know, for me, when the season's over, I want to go to Q school. I want to play and practice and see where I can take my game before my body completely fails. And hopefully that will happen in the future. Um, but right now, my, my priority and my job is obviously the best broadcaster I can be and not let that sacrifice, even if, uh, um, you know, I don't get to practice or play for a tournament the way I would like leading into it. This is John Smoltz. He's visiting with me. This is the Golf with Jay Delsing show, Hall of 2015 class, Hall of Fame class in MLB, and now Champions Tour player. Uh, John, one of the things that I know you love, you've got the John Smoltz Foundation, Big League Impact with uh, with uh, Uncle Charlie Adam Wayne right here in town. You've had an evening with uh, Smoltz and friends where it's, you're, you're a charitable guy. You're raising money for others, and the game of golf and charity just go hand in hand, don't they? It's probably the greatest way to unite and bring together people for a common cause. Um, I can't even tell you how many charity events I've played in. It's got to be well over two, three hundred, if not more. Uh, And the, the opportunities that we've been presented as athletes and the platform we've been given thankfully to my parents, um, my faith, and everything that I have been able to do through the game of baseball on the jersey that I wore, the impact has been incredible. And and just playing a small part of that has been something I've always been a big believer in. And, you know, there's going to be a time here soon where not a lot of people know your name, but the opportunities while you were uh, on a stage, if you will, um, I, I tried to take advantage of. You know, I've been... I'm probably most proud of some of the things that I've done away from the field that I've done on the field that don't necessarily um, gain a lot of attention, but that's okay. Um, you know, and that's along with Adam Wainwright, who I love to death. And, you know, we're with, the, with each other twice with the Atlanta Braves when he was young, and then, of course, at the end of my career when he was still going. So, you know, starting the Christian school, being part of children's health care of Atlanta, just seeing families and doing the things that smiles on people's faces who are having a hard time and really struggling. It's been, it's been an incredible journey. And, you know, golf has been able to raise probably so much more money than any other entity because of the uniqueness of the game and, and, and how everybody does gravitate toward it and, um, you know, come together. And, and each one of these Champions Tours events have raised and their foundations done an incredible job. So, you know, golf 
golf during the pandemic kind of saved the country. Um, golf, in a weird way, has um, you know allowed other sports to see what can happen when things aren't perfect. Um, and I think uh, you know through it all, um, the sport that has really increased its profile, if you will, <clears throat> during all of this, golf, head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, it really has. John, man, I really appreciate this much time. I, I wish you all the best luck up in Madison. And uh, with Captain Stricker, there'll be a lot of red, white, and blue talk. There'll be, uh, uh, I, I know, a good concert up there. So uh, best of luck. Thanks so much for, for spending the time with me. And uh, I can't wait to, to, to maybe play someday. That'd be great. Uh, definitely when uh, things get back to normal, we're traveling all over the place doing baseball games, so uh, we'll hook up for sure. And that'll do it for the John Smoltz interview. Pearly and I will break this down on the Michelob Ultra 19th hole. Don't go anywhere. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. This is Bill DeWitt III, president of the St. Louis Cardinals, and you're talking to Jay Delsing. And wait, oh, sorry, what's the name of the show? <laughs> Golf with Jay Delsing. Let me start it. Hey, Jay Delsing here for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros use on the PGA Tour. That's right. SSM Health Physical Therapy has Titleist Performance Institute trained physical therapists that can perform the TPI screen on you as well as putting you on the KVEST 3D motion capture system. Trust me, I've been on it. It is really cool. Proper posture and alignment can help you keep it right down the middle. There's 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call them at 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion. Are you looking for a great career? Do you like meeting nice people, working with your hands, and fixing things inside the home? Marcon Appliance Parts Company would like to encourage you to consider a high-paying career in major appliances repair and service. Major appliance service technicians are in very high demand. Major appliance techs work regular hours and make excellent money. They work local, in their own communities, and are home every night. It is an incredibly stable industry and highly rewarding work. Discover more about your new career in major appliance services today by contacting a local appliance service company in your hometown. In St. Louis or St. Charles County, contact Brian Probst at AAA Home Services. The phone number is 636-299-3871. Marcona Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and proud distributor of General Electric Parts. I know you've heard me talk about Whitmore Country Club. I want to thank them for supporting the show again for the third year and tell you things are going great for them. There's 90 holes of golf when you join at the Whit- at Whitmore Country Club. The membership provides you access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. Cart fees are included. There's no food or beverage minimums and no assessments. 24-hour fitness center is fantastic. There's two large pool complexes uh, and three tennis courts. Stop in the golf shop. you got to see my buddy Bummer. He is an absolute great guy that would love to help you with your game and love to show you around um, the uh, facility. He and his staff uh, run golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, couples events. There's live music. There's uh, uh, great dining opportunities out there, outside, inside. Anything you and your family need golf-wise, fun-wise, visit WhitmoreGolf.com or call them at 636-926-9622. Professional golf returns to St. Louis in 2021. The Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson. Stars like Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, and more compete at Norwood Hills Country Club, September 6th through the 12th. Tickets, clubhouse passes, hospitality suites, and pro-am foursomes are on sale now. All proceeds go to North St. Louis County Charities. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com or call 314-938-2828. PGA Tour Golf is back in the loo. The Ascension Charity Classic. Let your local farmer's insurance agent, Ed Fogelbach, put his experience to work for you. Ed Fogelbach proudly serves St. Louis area families and businesses and is ready to review your existing policies or provide a no-obligation quote today. Call the Fogelbach Agency at 314-398-0101 to get smarter about your insurance. Again, that's the Fogelbach Agency at 314-398-0101. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. 
All right, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay Perley's with me, and we are headed to the Michelob Ultra 19th hole. Um, man, get that ultra out, Perley. I want to know what you thought about the John Smoltz interview. What was your biggest takeaway? I tell you, one of my most fun takeaways was how different his parents were as musicians, how he was learning to be a musician and play music, etc., at a very young age and stuck with it and considered that to be much of the discipline that he later used to be successful in sports. It kind of brought me back to when I was supposed to be taking those banjo lessons with my dad. Wait a minute, and, uh, what? My mom, my mom bought us a series of like eight of them, <laughs> and I think we did we did two. And it was all I learned was the first couple notes of "On Top of Old Smokey" on the uh, banjo. Oh so I, I, I wish I wish I would have continued. I may have been more successful on the golf course. Who knows? On top of Old Smokey, you playing the banjo? Oh wait, I don't, I don't know where to go from there. We don't have enough time. Yeah, you know, you know, he. Um, there was so much candor in that interview. I just I just loved it and how he talked about the struggles and the difference between. You know, golf and baseball, Pearl, the thing that jumped out in my mind is that when he's pitching a game, he basically controls the entire pace of that game. A, a batter can step in and out, but he's got the ball and he throws, and nothing happens until the pitch is thrown. And that is not at all like the PGA Tour, man. No, but you've made the analogy through the through the years, Jay, on how similar pitching is because you're starting the action from from scratch. But I like what he said, which is what you just mentioned. He's talking about a seven-second kind of routine, if you will, whereas golf, you've got minutes in between shots. And I never thought of it that way. I just always kind of thought, yeah, we're initiating action. It's hard. Uh, But when he boiled it down to say, hey, man, there's a lot less garbage you can creep in your head in seven seconds than it can in seven minutes or 17 minutes. And that's certainly the truth. I loved what he said about his to his family when he's pitching on the day he's pitching. He's like, keep your questions <laughs> to a minimum. I've got like 120 decisions I have to make, and I I, uh, I can't get overloaded. Well, what mom or dad can't uh, relate to that as far as, you know, some big deal going on down at work or some sport they're playing on the weekend or whatever. You know, when you're on kind of already on overload, it, it's tough to handle those those questions and different issues that sneak in there. So that, that was kind of fun. But there, there again, you can only imagine uh, Smoltz had his whole team on the same page on how this thing was going to work. Yeah, that's right. I loved how he talked about getting connected with golf and connecting through the team and relaxing and getting away from it. Pearl, we don't have a lot of time, but the John Rahm thing, what is your takeaway on the John Rahm thing? I, I'm, I'm blown away that he didn't get vaccinated. Yeah, you know, I heard somebody talking about that, and they said, well, when was he going to get it? Between his newborn child, his travel, his other tournaments. You know, Jake, people get pretty sick from that. I I got my second shot, and I was down for a full day, and I was absolutely affected for the better part of a week. So, you know, it may have just crept up on him, um, and, and, and who knows kind of on that. I'll tell you, I have just learned in this whole COVID thing, to not judge, not try to figure things out. There's so many people so afraid out there, so concerned about so much misinformation, which you can't blame them, that I just wish him the, the best. I, I thought it was so unfortunate the way it came down at the tournament. It was unfortunate for the tournament, for the fans, for him. Uh, so I don't know, man. I, I, I just look forward to the whole thing getting behind us. Once again, Jack Nicholas handled it with such class and dignity and, and said all the right things. And, you know, the one thing that I have to say, John, the PGA Tour protocol, we have been maybe not the 100% the leader, but professional golf has really been on the forefront somewhere about bringing us back to some sort of normalcy. And, 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 um, and the fact that John and all of the other players, when I've done some reading and made some phone calls, they all knew what was going on. They all knew this was a possibility. And you know what? Nobody liked it. I can promise you, Candley and Morikawa, they didn't like it. It, 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 it just, it's just, it's just different, upside down, wrong. I don't know what you want to say, but 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 I will say this: the PGA Tour is stuck with the protocols. Those protocols have worked, and it's just unfortunate that this whole thing came down to happening the way it did. Yeah, hopefully we don't have any more of it. Uh, everybody's doing the best they can. Uh, and I don't know, hopefully the old time heals and let's get this behind us. Absolutely. You know what else is behind us, Pearl? 
this show. show. This show is yep. behind us. Yep. That's that's pretty good. You know how many shows this is, Pearl? Uh, I don't either. This year or ever? Ever. I don't know this year or ever. Never mind. <laughs> well, Pearl, guess what's happening at this same time next Sunday? Don't put that pressure on me like Another that. show. Another show. Oh, We're doing oh, another show next go. week. Go, Pearl, go back to fishing and, and, and floating in the lakes or whatever the hell you're doing up there. Me, thanks so much for taking good care of us. And uh, we'll see you next week on Golf with Jay Delsing. We've got Dan Hicks next week. Hit him straight, St. Louis. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring. After two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability, Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favored Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sp- the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.